Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling. Well, the carnival officially gets underway this weekend. We had the big launch yesterday taking place at Albion Park prior to the race meeting. And the Tab Constellations kicks off officially this Friday night. We've got a big meeting coming through at Reckliff. There's nine races there. Action gets underway at 6.25. The two features on Friday night include the Patron's Purse, a race for four- and five-year-olds, plus we've got that three-year-old Yilling Sales Series final. There's also two heats of the Yilling Sales Series uh, for the two-year-olds as well. So that's all on Friday night. That dovetails into a massive program this Saturday night at Albion Park. 11 races, 5.12 starts time some of the stars on display this saturday night at albion park include the grand circuit champion king of swing he's the reigning champ of the blacks of fake he goes around in the free-for-all where he goes up against a previous miracle mile winner in spankham plus turn it up an auckland cup winner also at that same program expensive ego and spirit of st louis so the carnival is well and truly underway this weekend so over the next six weeks there is going to be some Absolutely outstanding racing. So there's a lot to talk about this morning. But first, I want to just slip over the border and catch up with one of the key players for our carnival. Yet to arrive in Brisbane, but it's not too far before uh, we see this horse in Queensland for the first time. We're talking about Zeus Bromack. He's going to be one of the key runners for the upcoming Rising Sun. That's the new feature on the opening night of the Albion Park Carnival. July 10 is the date for that feature. Zeus Bromack is a high-quality four-year-old. There's no doubt about it. He's won seven from 22, earnings just under $300,000, a runner-up behind Expensive Ego in the Group 1 Chariots of Fire earlier this year. Paul and Gavin Fitzpatrick, they're the team behind Zeus Bromack. Gavin joins us now. Gavin, appreciate the time. No worries, Chris. Is everything on on track for Zeus Bromac in Brisbane? Yeah, everything seems right on track. Um, he had his first run back from a let-up two weeks ago at Menangle, and he went really well running second, coming from well back. So he took a lot of benefit from that. So everything looks good. What were the expectations going into that race first up, Gavin? Uh, he was beaten, but far from disgraced. And when you look at the sectionals out of that race, he must have just blown the clock apart. 27-2 the last quarter. Jimmy Locke won the race. But how much grounded does Zeus Bromack make up? Yeah, yeah, he made up a lot. I, I actually haven't looked at what section was he run, but they would have been really quick. And he's always shown in all his other preps that he takes a while a couple of runs to come right, so we were more than happy with the run. OK. Has he trained on well since? Yeah, he has. He worked really good. He's worked really good this week, and um, he seems to have trimmed up a bit because he's a real gross little fella. So I, I expect a better run again this week. All right. Well, he starts on Saturday night at Menangle, race three, horse eight, 2,300 metres. Are you happy with those sort of conditions? Uh, yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to draw a bit closer but um there looks a lot of speed early in the race so i think we should just sort of let him settle first and then play it by ear but um it's quite a nice field so we're going to see where we're at anyway yeah, I think it is a, a strong field just looking at it because Sendit, who's a last start Group 1 winner, uh, they're looking at a, a start in the rising sun. He's drawn on your outside in Gate 9, so there's a bit of talent uh, lining up in this field. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Sendit's flying and 
there's some real season free for all is drawn insiders that are going well as well. So, um, yeah, we're going to be at our best to be able to win it, yeah. All right, as I said, July 10 for the Rising Sun. How many more starts are you looking at giving Zeus Bramac before Brisbane and the Rising Sun? Uh, definitely one more after this. And then, yeah, one, maybe two, probably one at this stage. It probably depends how he goes this week. Obviously, okay. we expect him to go well, but he's such a, he thrives on racing. So we're just sort of going to play it by ear a bit, yeah. A, a, a question that I'm, I'm fascinated to get the response to, was there any temptation about starting him on Monday in the True Memorial at Bankstown? Oh, not really, to be honest. Um, yeah, probably the conditions of the race suited him pretty good, but I was happy just to keep him racing at Menangle. Uh, he, yeah, he probably would have drew the back row or wide on the front row anyway. And yeah, I, I just don't think he was ready to go in the race like that. And I was happy to. I didn't really want to pay in the banks down, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Now, just looking at the tab market for the Rising Sun, expensive ego, a horse you know really well. As I said, he conquered you in the Chariots of Fire earlier this year. He's the favourite at two fifty. Uh, just looking at this market, Zeus Bromac, $21 to win the Rising Sun, $6 the place. Is there just a little bit of um, lack of respect there for Zeus Bromac at that quote? Oh, well, he's, yeah, he's pretty good odds, but, uh, oh, you know, it's like expensive ego's been dominant and, and deserves to be clear favourite and, you know, and then you have copy that who's been racing the top fast class horses in New Zealand. Um yeah, yeah. I thought he could have probably been a little bit shorter, but I'm quite happy with that, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, fairly <laughs> generous when you look at it. $21 the win, $6 the place. Just on expense of ego and copy that. They're the top two in the market. Krug is here in Queensland. He sits on the third line of betting. But just with expense of ego and copy that, you know with your guy, Zeus Bromag, he's going to be more than competitive. And at Albion Park, it's a lot different to Menangle, so it's going to be yeah. very interesting and, and maybe in, in many ways draw-dependent. Yeah, for sure, especially with the race uh, being 2,100. So that sort of changes things a bit. And, um, yeah, no doubt, like if one of those top two or three draw the lead, well, they're going to be very hard to beat. And then... If uh, like the others, like if they don't draw near the fence, will it? Because they're going to go so quick. If you're not near the fence, it's going to be hard to make ground. So draws are going to be vital, I think. Okay. At, at this stage, is it just Zeus Bromac? Is there any any temptation with JOK? Because you keep watching this horse, and he just keeps stepping up to the mark. He was very good again there on Monday in the True Memorial. He just he never seems to run a bad race. No, he's done a super job, Chris. He's He's really exceeded our expectations this prep. Um, but, no, he, he's actually going to go for a spell now. He's um, he's done a great job and he's actually been up quite a long while now. So he's just probably coming towards the end of his campaign now, so we're going to turn him out. All right. Well, it's all about Zeus Bromack. He steps, uh, steps out on Saturday night going around in race three at Menangle. And as I said, he's currently $21 to win the Rising Sun at Albion Park on July 10. Gavin, as always, really appreciate the time. Best of luck this weekend. Safe travels to Brisbane.
Thanks, Chris. Thank you. There's Gavin Fitzpatrick joining us, chatting about Zeus Bromax. So just going through that market with Tab, expensive ego, 250. Copy that, 480. As we know, he's he's arrived safely here in Queensland, much the same with Krug. They both arrived last Friday. He's at $5. An amazing dream who was on that same flight is copy that in Krug. Uh, she sits at $11 currently. So very interesting. Spirit of St. Louis, $15. And we get to see him on Saturday night at Albion Park. One man that's got a really busy week coming up is Shane Graham. He's got drives here, there and everywhere and he's got a lot of important drives as well, in particular with that feature night at Reckliffe on Friday night. He joins us now. Shane, appreciate the time. Yeah, no drama, Uh The carnival has arrived. It starts this week and it's, it's really exciting. There's a lot of good talent on display. Yeah, that's right. It's um, probably the most, um, you know best mob of horses sort of Queensland pulled together for a carnival in a while, you know, um, across all classes and all grades. And, uh, you know, it's definitely going to be a tough one. Yeah, absolutely. Let's find our listeners some winners. Tonight you venture to Reckliffe, and I'll just go through these quickly. Race four, number one, Witch Hunt. Gee, she looks hard to beat on paper. Yeah, on paper she does. Like, she, um, you know, she handles Redcliffe well, and she's been going terrific at Elgin from bad draws. So, um I think she's going a bit better than last time she was at Redcliffe too, so uh, she looks my, you know, my best chance, I think. OK, race five, number three, let's blaze. Can he find the winner's circle again? He can. Um, he's a little iffy in his gear at times. Um, he did it all good uh, last start at Albion. Um, was probably a little bit uh, plain, but um, if he does it all right, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's got a hope in that. Okay, race six, I'm a beach babe. This looks fairly uh, tough, this race, because there's a bit of depth here. Blackhawk Joe, call me Keith. Can she feature at all? Oh, probably just for the minor, minor placing, you know. Like, she, um, she's drawn good there in two, but like you said, it's, uh, it's not a bad field, you know. So um, she probably needs things to go her way. Okay, Bondi Prince in race seven, looking to overcome a second row draw. He's got gate eight. Can he do it? No, it looks, it's another, you know, it's quite a good field, this one. Um, you know, there's a few off the front line and that, but um, he's a good little trier and that, but uh, I think you'll be pushing, you know, pushing it a bit tonight. OK, and deal breaker, you sat behind this guy last week and he was able to score easily. It's not a kind draw tonight, gate six, but there's no reason why he can't go back to back. No, no, that's right. Like, he, um, he drew wide last week and that, and... And, um, you know, it didn't affect him, so uh, he, he should go close again. OK, so there you drives tonight. Which one, is that the, the one you're most confident about, coming up with that ace draw? Yeah, probably her and uh, the last one deal breaking Demi best Right, Righto, let's focus on the big night coming through at Redcliffe on uh, Friday night. Nine races, 6.25. At this stage, you're, you're down for two drives, and they're probably the two early favourites at this stage for our features. The Patron's Purse, LL Cool J, drawn two off the second row, so gate eight. And Manila Playboy, he's the favourite for that three-year-old yearling sale series final. He's got gate 11, so the outside of the second row. Firstly, LL Cool J in the, uh, the Garrard's Patron's Purse. Uh, his win at Albion Park uh, last Saturday night, it was really impressive because that check going down the back straight uh, would have probably derailed most horses' chances, but he was able to pick himself up, keep going, and score well. That's right. He um, he did do, you know, uh, it was probably a bit more of a check even than what it looks like on the, the replays, you know. He um, really had to break his momentum and, 
it was still a quick half and quarter, and he, you know, seemed to run him down. You know, it was a, a very good effort. So, um, touch wood, he sort of seems to be on the way up still. So, um, yeah, it all seems well with him. He's only a recent addition to the stables of Vicky Rasmussen. Obviously, you guys are still learning, but has he surprised you in any way, shape or form as yet? Oh, like what he'd shown sort of previously in that, you know, he looked like he um, he was definitely above above average and whatnot. Um, but uh, he seems to be on his work and that, you know, he, he seems like he's improving in that. So if he just keeps improving in that, he might take that next step. Okay, with this race on Friday night, gate eight. Firstly, will he handle Redcliffe? I think so. Um, I don't think he's raced there or anything, but uh, he's um, you know he, he's very well mannered and gets around LB in no dramas. Doesn't even sort of hang a little bit there. So uh, I, I can't see the track being a, a problem for him. And what about the distance? Twenty-two eighty. Is he better over the short course, or he's versatile? Doesn't really matter. Yeah, like I um, you know, I don't think the distance will worry, and I, I, you know, he's um, he seems like he's pretty casual and good manners, so um, you know, the further distance, I think, will he um, won't worry him at all. You know, like even once he gets up to twenty six hundred, I don't think that'll worry him too much either. When you first scanned this field last night when it was released, what was the horse that probably loomed or jumped off the page as the main danger to LL Cool J? Um, oh, not really anything. I sort of more just looked at me drawer and thought, oh, at least we're in the running line, to be honest. But um, look, probably like a game set major or, you know, he trolled quite good the other day. Um, you know, like it's definitely, you know, it's uh, quite, a, quite an even bunch, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's LL Cool J. Let's talk about Manila Playboy. He's probably going to be the favourite, I, I dare say. He's got uh, this picket fence going uh, great guns at the moment. He's chasing five straight victories. A Group 1 winner recently at Albion Park taking out the triad. This is a tough draw over the sprint trip, so he's going to need to be at his absolute best to win this race on tipping. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, it's... Uh... It's a great level of Redcliffe, you know, um, especially from a bad drawing over the short trip. So, um, you know, he uh, he'll definitely have to be, you know, at his best. And, um, yeah, no no sort of bad luck in running to be sort of there to finish, I think. So be honest with me. Last night, again, when you were scanning the fields, were you a little disappointed when you saw that barrier draw? Oh, definitely, yeah. Like, he, um, you know, like... Barry draws are so crucial in any race and, you know, the the big races, you know, it really is crucial. So um, once it's sort of, you know, you've seen Barry 10 and uh, with just a little bit in barrier one, um, you know, especially over the short trip, it is going to make things hard. Yeah, that, that seems to be the, uh, the the double blow here. Not only have you drawn bad, but your main rivals have all drawn so well. Just a little bit, gate one. Uh, Only's best, who runs second last week behind Manila Playboy, draws handily in gate three. Nick's pick went well. She's Miss Devine, who won the other heat. She's off the front row, and Dynamic Dan directly behind just a little bit. So that probably makes it even more a little bit uh, difficult. He won the two-year-old series last year, so he's looking to go back-to-back -back and do something similar to what Governor Jujon did. Tell me, last week, uh, many have said that 
there wasn't a great deal left in the tank. Only's best probably got too close. Uh, that's what a lot of punters have relayed. Were you foxing last week? Was 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 he in complete control when he hit the line? Yeah, he sort of. He was still, um, you know, like he uh, wasn't fully extended. But um, if you look at the mile rate and that, like um, I think I think Bailey's best sort of. He he went terrific and that, you know. So I'd be sort of more. Manila was good and only the best sort of probably run his career best race. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it was good time and he was first up. So, yeah, no, he couldn't have done any more. OK. If he wins this race and he then pushes on to the, uh, the remaining features throughout the carnival, would he be out of place in a race like the Rising Sun? Uh, three-year-olds, four-year-olds combined, the three-year-olds get a preferential barrier draw. Would he be out of place or is that a bridge too far for him? Oh, look, that's, um, you know, I think that's, uh, for any three-year-old, that's a hard task to take on the older horses, you know. Um, it's, uh, especially, you know, with the cross of four-year-olds that are going to be in it, you know. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty hard for, for any three-year-old, you know. So, um, yeah, it definitely would be um, a bit hard going, I think. Okay. Two horses that I just wanted to ask about for Saturday night's program at Albion Park. Scarlet Babe, she goes around in race one, drawn gate six. She's absolutely flying this mare. Uh, you must be thrilled with the way she's going. Is she on target for that Group 1 Golden Girl, the new mare's feature? Yeah, I think she is. Um, you know, she just sort of, she keeps getting better every start, you know. Um, I, like, uh, I don't think we've sort of seen the bottom of her yet, you know, like um, she keeps getting each run, she'll, she's sort of getting stronger in that and doing more work and, you know, like that's um, probably not really her, her best asset, you know, her speed is, but um, we haven't been able to drive her that way, so um, you know, I think by the time the big races come round, she'll be just cherry ripe. Okay, can she take on, uh, or can she take down two times better in Saucy Dreams this weekend? Look, from the draw, you know, it's going to be, um, it's going to be tough, you know, but, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be swapping drives to drive one of the other over it, let's put it that way. Okay. In the free-for-all, the Lucky Creed, the open feature, King of Swing, he's got gate one, you've got the opposite end of the track, gate seven, with Turn It Up. Can he lead this field like he did in the Blacks of Fake back in December? Yeah, we'll have to, um, just see what he sort of how he's feeling at the start and that, you know, but um, if he sort of comes out like he did in that, um, that blush of fate, you know, he, he definitely can, but um, we'll just have to play that by ear on how he's feeling at the start, you know. Um, he uh, he hasn't seen the mobile for a bit now, so he might be um, not fully switched on, but, um, you know, we'll just have to play that one by ear as they say go, really. And can I just get your thoughts on both King of Swing and Spankin' with their victories last week? Yeah, they were both both good, you know, like um, both being first up and everything. And um, they looked like they only did what they had to, you know, and like all good horses do. So they're going to improve a lot, you know, come this weekend, next, their next starts too. All right, well, there's a lot to look forward to, in particular with Friday night, a record for those two key drives, LL Cool J and the Chris Garrard Patron's Purse, and also with Manila Playboy in the, uh, the three-year-old Yearling Sales Series final. Shane, as always, really appreciate the time. Good luck over the, uh, the next couple of days. No worries. Thanks, Chris.
There's Shane Graham joining us. So we go from Shane Graham to Adam Sanderson. He had a day out yesterday at Albion Park, a driving treble, and there was some good firepower there for Adam yesterday, and he's got a number of key drives over the next couple of days as well. It's carnival time. Time to shine. Adam Sanderson certainly standing up. He joins us now. Adam, appreciate the time. No worries, Chris. Congratulations on the triple yesterday. The one horse that I wanted to talk about from yesterday was General Montana. He's now gone back-to-back. -back. He's only had the three runs since coming over from New Zealand. Is he shaping as a derby candidate? Is he is he good enough to take on those really good quality three-year-olds that are now starting to arrive? Uh, look, he's getting better. Um, mentally, he's getting better. He's, he's racing better. So um, as long as he keeps taking that next step, um, I'm sure he'll get thrown in and, and see how he can compete. He's been able to lead at his past two starts. Is he best in front or do you think he's better coming from behind? Um, yeah, I, I'm sort of not, not too sure at the moment. Um, I, I, he has got high speed, so it's just a matter of, um, you know, being able to, to place him where he can. But he's um, he's just been racing more trackably the last couple, so, so that's, the, that's the key to it. Okay. Well, that was yesterday. Let's uh, have a look at tonight. You've got two drives tonight. Kendi's Butterfly in race five, facing a second-row draw. Franco Nathan in race seven, coming up with gate four. Is there a winner for our listeners this morning? Uh, well, Franco Nathan would be the biggest chance. He was um, a bit disappointing two starts back, and he was a lot better last start. So uh, first look around, Reckless, the only query. He's, he's quite a big, big gangly horse. So um, if he can get handy and, and put himself in it, I, I think he'll go good. Okay. I want to move to Friday night. Uh, that's, this is the first night of the carnival officially. It's a good card of racing. Uh, race two, Quick Step. You've got the drive on Quick Step uh, in very good form, chasing four straight victories. Comes up with gate three. This is a good drive to get. Yeah, yeah it's handy pickup drive. Yeah, um, she, she's been going good. She's, she's had a lot of luck lately, and um, you know, but she's, she's done the right thing. So, yeah, it's definitely a handy one. OK, for Dale March, you've got uh, two drives on Friday night. Artful Maid going around in one of these showcase heats. She's got to overcome a 30-metre handicap over the sprint trip. It's a tall order, but she is the class runner. Yeah, it's a tough ask. You know, I, I sort of, when I seen that, I thought, you know, a bit stiff doing that um, over the 1,700. So it's, it's going to be tough, but she's probably the class runner and um, her speed should, should take her a long way. Okay, Clint'll do. He's a, uh, a previous Redcliffe Cup winner. He set a new track record there last Thursday afternoon. He was so good, uh, and that came off his narrow second in the flashing red against Kid Montana. He's also got a 30-metre handicap, but again, he goes over the long trip, 2,613 metres. Is he going better than ever right now, Clint'll do? I, I think so. You know, his, his old legs are showing no signs of slowing down, so um, his win last week was, was terrific, so... Um, if he just brings that A game again, you know, he's going to be hard to beat. He's just so versatile, isn't he? Oh, he's just—he's just a great horse, you know. He's been around, you know, year after year, and he—and it's 110 percent every start. So he's just one of those horses you'd love to own. He seems to wear no gear. He's—he's he's very easy on himself. So uh, fun horse to drive, no doubt. Yeah, he's, he's beautiful to drive, and you know, you get around these smaller tracks, and he's, he's actually better. So. Uh, He's one of those horses you see in the field and, and you look forward to driving him every week. Now, just with that track record performance last week, I think you held the previous track record. I think it was five-card draw when he won the Redcliffe Cup and you drove him that time, didn't you? Uh, I think I think Soul Ambition broke it last year. So, uh, OK. But, yeah, five-card draw did have it, so I'd be happy to take it back. 
Yeah, absolutely. The patron's purse on Friday night. Your driver's delightful major. He's got to overcome a second row draw. He backs up after being unplaced yesterday, and you were able to win that race with another statement. It was a real sprint home. So do we just put the pen through yesterday and just hope there's a more genuine speed here on Friday night? Yeah, it looks like there's going to be on, on Friday. Uh, it's quite an even field. Um, a couple of handy ones, but other than that, um, it's quite even. So it's going to be a race uh, with a few quite tactically um, you know, where we sort of position them. But um, he, he's on his day, he's, he's right up there. Yeah, and it's a good point you raise because there is no standout really and uh, how they sort of land, uh, you know, not long after the start is going to be crucial. So game set major drawn out in gate six, he might ensure there's a good speed, but crunch time he's got a second row draw and it's a, it's a nasty one, the inside of the second row. So that, that race could be really interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a good race to, um, you know, to be a part of because, as you say, there's, there's a lot of question marks going into it. So uh, he's, he's a hit sprint on his, on his day, uh, delightful major. So hopefully um, there is that speed and, and he can get over the top of them. All right. One of the other showcase heats on Friday night, race six, Big Jim Montana. He's got a 10-metre handicap. Can he measure up here? I think he can. Uh, he's I drove him a couple of times from the stand at Rickliffe and I mean, sorry, at Marburg, and, and he raced good. So uh, back to the stand, uh, I think he's a good chance. All right, and uh, in one of those two-year-old heats, you're down to drive midnight somewhere. Probably a little disappointing on on face value. Can we expect better here on Friday night with gate two? Uh you know, he's probably up against it. He's he's raced and, and trolled a few times, and he's sort of not um, not up to them better ones at this stage. Yeah, and that's a strong heat as well. Uh, there's plenty of depth in that first heat compared to the second heat. So a busy couple of days coming up for you, but uh, no doubt you're looking forward to it. Really appreciate the time today and keep up the good form. Good as gold, Chris. Thanks very much. There's Adam Sanderson joining us. So a driving treble yesterday. Franco Nathan, he thinks, is his best drive tonight of the two, and he's got some really good drives there on Friday night. Now, next guest, Darren Clayton, he joins us each and every Wednesday, and I'm sure he'll be fired up with the carnival officially launching yesterday. We've got uh, great racing both Friday and Saturday night, so it just proves how much depth there is when uh, both cards are, are loaded with talent. Darren joins us now. Darren, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Chris. How are you this morning? I am certainly, uh, I was pumped up after yesterday, looking forward to it, but I've just been deflated. Uh, just reading news from Tim Walker and Matt Young over in the West, Lavra Joe is a scratching on Friday night. Oh, is there a reason why? Uh, Tim Walker's reporting Lavra Joe out of the West spread, swelling in the front leg with Ray, uh, Ray Jones taking no chances. So obviously that was going to be a key lead up whether he came east for the rising sun. So hopefully all is not lost and we do get to see him, but it is a massive dent to that uh, to that race. Yeah, that is deflating news. Uh, hopefully it's uh, it's not as serious as uh, what's being reported, but uh, yeah, it doesn't sound good when there's uh, swelling in, in the leg. So anyway, let's focus on tonight firstly before we start tearing apart the Winter Carnival for 2021. What is the best bet tonight at Redcliffe on this big 10 race card? Yeah, big 10 race. There's quite a few uh, short price favourites, which I do think look uh, well-placed to get the prize. So if you're following, if you're a favourite punter, I think you'll be in good shape tonight. One at a little bit better value will still start favourite and, and good to hear the views of Shane Graham. I thought race four, number one, Witch Hunt certainly gets conditions to suit tonight. She has been racing well from bad gates at Albion Park and back to gate one. 
at Redcliffe where she does race well, I think she gets every chance. So race four, number one, Witch Hunt. Okay, so race four, number one, Witch Hunt. That was the one that stood out for me as well. Her run at Albion Park last time out was really good. And sectionally, she backed it up as well. Yeah, exactly. And that was from gate seven at Albion Park. So um, you don't get any favours drawn wide there. And, and she was good in the closing stages. So um, back to gate one at Redcliffe, where her record is good. Um, and and in, in that race where she was in gate seven there, that was behind Call Me Keith. And he, we'll see him step out in race six. So uh, we'll certainly get a good line to the, to the chances of Call Me Keith, who I, I think... Is a good hope of upsetting Blackhawk Joe in that race. Okay, so the best bet is race four, number one. Was there anything else that you wanted to play around with tonight? Only just going on the prices in that race six, uh, Chris. I just thought Blackhawk Joe from gate six has probably come up a little bit short for mine. I thought Call Me Keith, his runs have been really good since he's arrived in Queensland. He's he was really good last start with that victory. He'll just trail through from gate eight, whereas Blackhawk Joe out in gate six, he'll be working at some point. I thought Call Me Keith was a good chance of upsetting him uh, just at those prices. So I'd, I'd be happy to, to play around him. Race six, number eight, Call Me Keith. Okay, so race six, number eight, you can get some value there with Call Me Keith. Best bet, race four, number one. Let's focus on Friday night's big meeting at Redcliffe, the Patrons Purse, race five. We've got the uh, three-year-old Yearling Sales Series final, race seven, and two heats for the two-year-old, and that big group one final will be staged on Saturday week. Uh, firstly, with the other uh, Patrons Purse, uh, as we just discussed with Shane and also Adam, there's no standout, and uh, tactically it's going to be a very intriguing race, this one. Yeah, certainly is, and even more so that that 22 80 metre start, which is sort of off the um, that first turn off the back corner. So that always throws up a, a little bit of a, a, a tricky positioning situation into that first sort of left hand turn off the, I guess what you call the point of the triangle, for want of a better term. So that certainly throws it up a, an interesting um, tactical positioning as well, but. LL Cool J certainly looks hard to beat, I thought. Um, just listening to Shane doesn't think he'll have an issue with the track. This will be his first look at Redcliffe. So that's always a, another little query to throw in. So early speed, feeling for a rainbow. We saw him step cleanly and, and nearly take them all the way in the flashing red over the 2600 um, last start at Albion Park. So he's a good gate speed horse as well can't really see probably anything any of those wider ones getting across him early so he gets to the front and he's reasonably tough so he might be the leader that would set it up pretty nicely for a horse like Kensington Bill who's a good sit sprint type and um, you know early look for me I, I think he's the one that uh, is appealing at this stage. Okay, well, that's the patron's purse. What about this three-year-old final? It's really been thrown on its head with the barrier draw conducted yesterday. Manila Playboy, the outside of the second row, and as I outlined with Shane, uh, many of his key rivals here are drawn ideally off the front row. This, this is a good challenge here for Manila Playboy. Yeah, it certainly is. He's going to have to be at his very best to win from that gate. I, I still think he is good enough to do that. He's four from four at Redcliffe, which is an important um, little notation to his form. And all four of those starts have never been from from a good alley. He's um, 
he won the two-year-old uh, edition of this race last year from inside the second line. He pushed out early and had to come around them. Uh, his last win is obviously from gate one in the heat of this series. So that's the only time he's drawn a good gate, and, and he dealt them with them as he probably should have. Just a little bit certainly gets his chance from gate one. Dynamic Dan in behind, likely just a little bit, who does look the leader. So he's got a sprint lane hope, but... It's going to be hard for Manila Playboy, but I think he's up to effort. I think he just has a class edge on this field. Okay, well, that's Friday night. Loaded with talent there Friday night. Then we back it up 24 hours later at Albion Park. 11 races, action getting underway there at 5.12 there on Saturday night. Which race are you looking forward to most? The free-for-all, King of Swing, Spankham, Turn It Up and Co.? Or are you more intrigued by expensive ego stepping out back at Albion Park or Spirit of, uh, Spirit of St. Louis, this new boom horse that had tongues wagging at Goulburn last week? I think from a pure spectacle, uh, uh, overall race spectacle, race four, the, the race that will have expensive ego has got me most intrigued, Chris. I think the, the free-for-all has probably just been dented a little bit by King of Swing coming up with gate one. It pretty much looks on paper like it's going to be a procession now. I can't really see anything wanting to, to take King of Swing on over the longer trip. So um, as for Spirit of St. Louis, he's only had the one start in Australia. It was a, you know, a restricted style race at Goulburn. He did what he had to do. Didn't really set the world on fire in that race. He comes up in a pretty... Um, pretty winnable qualifier that so he gets every opportunity there but as for expensive ego drawn gate 10 in a race that's got some uh good speed you've got the likes of blacks the dance and will the wizard um over the mile so he's going to need to be at his best which he's we know his best is certainly good enough to win this but he's back at albion park where he has a great record so i'm really looking forward to that race in many ways, he's sort of flying under the radar, as silly as that sounds, because he is the favourite for the rising sun, but probably uh, just overshadowed by his stable mate, King of Swing, and maybe with the hype surrounding Spirit of St. Louis, and we haven't seen him for a little while. We've just sort of lost that focus on expensive ego, but uh, here he is lining up on Saturday night, and just with that field, like you said, uh, there's some speedy types there. It's only one mile. You wouldn't be shocked, given you know good weather conditions. They'll run some time there. Yeah, they certainly will, and you, you get a horse like Will the Wizard. He's while he probably hasn't been at his best since he came back from that Chariots of Fire. He was in that same Chariots of Fire that Expensive Ego uh, was in, and Blacks of Dance is certainly a horse that uh, can get get on his bike. So, like you say, he has probably flown under a little bit under the radar. Spirit of St. Louis probably taken all the. Uh, Sort of new snippets out of the rising sun away from expensive ego who let's not forget already has that invitation so um you know his record backs it up he's won the, he's three from three at albion park he comes back and uh I, I think it's certainly going to be a great contest and he's going to need to be at his best from gate 10 to win that race yeah, looking forward to it. It's a massive weekend coming up. Darren, as always, really appreciate the time. Looking forward to the chat again next week. Sounds good, Chris. Really looking forward to this carnival.